Welcome back to the Maximum Theater Performance Podcast. This is Liz Richards-Krebs. Today, we're going to be talking about summer and outdoor theater to check out in the city. Enjoy the show. All right. Rock, paper, scissors for who goes first. I don't care. Great. Go first. Okay, great. <laughs> um, we should probably do like a preamble, right? Well, we need to introduce ourselves. Yeah. Oh, because people right. may have forgotten. Yeah, it's been years. It's been <laughs> 84 years. We're Baximu. Baximu! I've oh. been sitting on that joke for months. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, if anyone's ever is still listening, uh, we're back. <laughs> if people have forgotten about us, I don't know. Um, but we're here. Get used to it. <laughs> I mean, not too used to it. <laughs> not too used to it. Uh, we know we, we've left you before. <laughs> Um, but we've returned and we've well, got And if I'm s- correct, this crowd is only swi- slightly queer. Yes. Only slightly, but that's okay. <laughs> but you should be used to it if yeah. you're a listener to this podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm Liz Richards Krebs. I am fuck yeah, great plays and a theater gal about town. Uh, this is Nicole Saratori. I'm a freelance journalist and critic and I write for the stage variety and other places. And I'm Ben Ferber, formerly of Hot Pepper Theater, currently of being an internet miscreant. Yeah. We've all grown so much in our time away. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we're talking about things that are going on this summer. Uh, Specifically, I guess we're calling it a June preview, but you know. It's all across the summer. Uh, So there is something that happens every summer, and I think this is the uh, third time that it's happening. So by every summer, I mean for three summers so far. Mm. Uh, It's called the Corkscrew Festival. Um, They do it at the Paradise Factory, which is on that like fourth arts block thing on East 4th Street um, at... uh, it's it's on the it's near Second Avenue, and it runs from July 10th to August 3rd. And what they have this year is they've got four productions in the upstairs space, four productions in the downstairs space, and four readings. Their tagline this year, which sort of tells you about them, is "Artists you may not know." Parentheses yet. Mm. <laughs> um, their mission is basically do original stuff by early career artists. So not bad, right? What's also cool is like you probably like a lot of the people doing shows in Corkscrew like don't have many credits, and so. It's a good place to get to know artists who you sort of don't know. For me, when I sort of look at festival programs like this, I just sort of read. Here's the description of each show and which ones actually sound interesting to me. And I'm going to go to those ones. (laughs) I wanted to highlight a couple that sound interesting this year. Um, One is called Pre-Existing Conditions, which I wonder what that's about. Um, (laughs) It's by Elise Pitak, uh, directed by Alexis Wilcock. Um, good rhyming name scheme. So that sounds fun. Drug companies, politics. Um, there's also one called, uh, and this is the title, a play titled after the collective noun for female identifying 20-somethings living in NYC in the 2010s. Hmm. That's my friend's show. Oh, my oh, friend nice. is directing it. Oh, what? <laughs> it's by Haley Rashan. Oh, I know her. And it's directed by Lauren Zeftel. Um, oh. So yeah, not bad, right? What a fun crew. Yeah. It's about someone working on a book about post-Occupy Wall Street grassroots movements. And the last thing I wanted to mention, I'm just going to say the title, it's Walt Whitman Body Jolt. <laughs> is it is it a workout class? I don't. I I think it is a participatory exercise class. According... Look, I've already done that. <laughs> I'll do it again. I do remember you doing yes. that one. <laughs> one more thing. There is also a play called Patience by Johnny Lloyd, um, which is about uh, solitaire. Um, it's people who are playing competitive solitaire, which is Amazing. I saw it when it was at Columbia 
Um, and it is about this very real community of um, mostly black, uh, basically like mind athletes. So I would recommend that too. Competitive Zelter is a real thing? Yeah. Whoa. I did not know. And it's a very good play about that community and how absolutely intense it is. That's crazy. I love it. So tickets are on sale June 3rd, um, which has probably happened when this episode mm-hmm. has been released. They also do have passes. Um, but without a pass, it's 24 per show. Sweet. Good deal. I'm going to mention a Scottish show that's coming to town as part of Brits Off Broadway, which I saw last summer in Edinburgh. It's called Square Go. It's going to be at 59 E59 Theatres from June 5th to June 30th. It's by uh, Kieran Hurley and Gary McNair. And it is a, a Square Go is apparently sort of Scottish slang for a schoolyard fight. And so it's about like a little boy who's hiding out in the school bathrooms, anticipating his first big sort of schoolyard fight. And it is is uh, last summer when I was in Edinburgh there was a lot of sort of toxic masculinity plays and this was one that was really sort of approaching the concept of masculinity and that sort of identity for young boys uh, it's performed by adult actors playing the children um, but you know sort of as this child is kind of processing what the expectations are for him um, as someone sort of moving toward puberty. And I don't know, it was just really charming and sweet and thoughtful and very spirited, and it involves wrestling and, um, like, WWE wrestling-style wrestling. <laughs> um, and just sort of a fun, crazy little quirky show, and I'm sort of glad they're bringing that one over. It's like, you actually get to, like, it's like 10-year-olds doing WWE. I mean, mm. like, conceptually, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised because th- all the advertising has people in luchador masks. So I was surprised to hear it was coming over from Edinburgh. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, global phenomenon, the love of wrestling. I love it. (laughs) So for me, I I love going to the outdoor, all the outdoor theater that's going on in New York in the summer. Um, So we were kind of keeping tabs on everybody's everything. And I'm a little ashamed to say I've never seen any of the New York classical theater productions because I know they've been doing outdoor theater for like, 20 years uh, but this summer they're doing the importance of being earnest which is you know eh, whatever uh, but every other performance the entire cast switches uh roles across gender which i think might be a recipe for disaster um <laughs> but it, it's an interesting idea and so i'm kind of intrigued i don't know a single person in the cast um, like I don't recognize anybody, but I, I don't know. I love the idea of it. I also love that it's traveling throughout the summer. It starts May 28th, so it's already started um, in Central Park. Then it's going to move to Brooklyn Bridge Park, June 18th to the 23rd. And then, selfishly, uh, like two blocks from my apartment, uh, Carl Schurz Park from June 25th to the 30th. So... It's free. It's moving around. It's very accessible. I like that they're going to do some gender flipping. I mean, because I went kind of on a classical play sabbatical for a little while. <laughs> I was just too burned out. I was like, I don't need to see any more productions of things I've already seen. And recently, like literally in the last month, I've kind of started going back to shows uh, that I haven't seen in a while because the takes were interesting. So this is enough to get me out of the house and um, walking two blocks to go <laughs> to go see uh, a gender swapped importance of being earnest. I don't know. You got me. I'm intrigued. 
classical play sabbatical is the title of my sex tape. (laughs) Next up, I want to talk about Summer Works, which I have talked about on this very show before. It is Club Thumb's annual summer play thing. They do short, weird plays. They're always under 90 minutes-ish. They're The Wild Project, which is on East 3rd Street in Alphabet City. They're great. Uh, you already missed one. It's called Lunch Bunch. It was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two more called uh, You Never Touched the Dirt. And uh, King's Phillips Head is still on that pike just down the $25 road. Former is by Zhu Yi. The latter is by uh, Daniel Glenn. Um, I don't know either of those playwrights. Mm-hmm. Um, Zhu Yi had a show at Urban Stages, which I did not see. Um, Daniel Glenn has had residencies and things. Um, I've never, I don't think we really had a chance to see his work. Club Thumbs, Summer Works is always really good. Um, they put out some great plays. I mean, two recently, uh, What the Constitution Means to Me, finalisted for a Pulitzer, so that's not bad. I know, that's how I always sell Club Thumb. And I'm like, you know that's where What the Constitution Means to Me came from. <laughs> it's such a great selling point. Yeah. And like, that's not even, like, that's a great play. And it's not even the weirdest thing, like the weirdest, coolest yeah. thing that they've done. Like, <laughs> And Plano, which just came back, yeah. which is one of the best plays of the last two years. <laughs> so... Well, I just interviewed the artistic director for the stage because I, particularly because of Constitution, you know, it sort of brings more attention to this, you know, sort of long time institution that's been around and doing all of this work. And for people who might not know about it, like it's kind of a great way to kind of back in to what they've been doing. But just the phenomenon of shows there. Um, getting extensions or encore opportunities. I mean, like Men on Boats, like has had such a huge life coming out of Club Thumb. I always go to all three Club Thumb shows. I just like, I realized like, oh, I just should go out all these. Like there were like a couple summers ago, I like, I didn't like any of them, but I still go because I, I like over like 75% of their shows. Yeah. I, there's someone, I trust their judgment. If they're putting it up, it must be good. Yeah. Um, tickets are $25, $20 for students. Um, they also, I think the passes are gone because they've done one show, but they always do a preview pass that's $59, so 1933 per show. I always get that. And it's worth your time. Um, I'm going to, I don't know, maybe I'm going to recommend this show. <laughs> <laughs> Strong recommendation from Nicole. Um, I want to mention Working, which is another uh, part of another summer festival of things, the Encores Off-Center series, which is the um, kind of younger sibling of Encores, uh, which focuses on um, American musical theater. And these are musical theater works that came from Off-Broadway. So they have, you know, some of them have gone on to Broadway lives, but you're sort of more associated with off-Broadway kind of musicals. And so Working is running from June 26th to 29th. It's based on Stud Turkle's book. Let me try that again, because he yeah. has a really hard yeah. name. Studs Turkle? Studs Turkle, yeah. Is it Spuds? Studs? Spuds Turkle? <laughs> is it Spuds Turkle? No, it's not? <laughs> oh, okay. That's staying in. <laughs> know who he is let me try this again studs turkle's book working people talk about what they do all day and how they feel about what they do from 1974 it is a great book i don't know if you guys have ever read it (laughs) clearly not no he was i mean he's i mean he he died i forget when um he was in his 90s or something um but he was a long time chicago writer who just really chronicled um people's voices and so of course like his book is a collection of these interviews and he was a journalist and so i mean it just um he's written a, he wrote a lot of sort of oral history books of people's just people talking about their experiences and lives and building it into sort of a bigger work from that. So Working is a collection of these essays about people and their jobs. Um, And it has been a musical that has been kind of revised over the last couple of years. 
Um, there were some revisions by um, Stephen Schwartz back in 2009, and then again 2011, 2012 by Gordon Greenberg. And that was the last time I guess they had done it in New York. Um, it was in 2012. They've added some songs. Lin-Manuel Miranda added some songs in 2012. Um, but it's a collection of all these kind of vignettes, um, both musical and um, narrative monologues. Um, and the songwriters from the musical include Craig Carnelia, Mickey Grant, Mary Rogers, Susan Birkenhead, James Taylor. Um, so James it, Taylor? Yes. <laughs> oh. So it's a very, like you know, it's, I, I don't know, like it's a kind of like very... Um, community theater play that's easy to put on because it involves lots of different people doing sort of small different things um but uh the cast is a little like unexpected um helen hunt is in the cast oh okay I, I, uh, <laughs> uh also um who else christopher jackson javier muñoz tracy toms so i don't know i mean it's I, I had to do like the prostitute monologue from it when I was in high school, naturally. I mean, obviously, <laughs> that would be the thing you'd think about for me. Um, I think my drama teacher was really trying to challenge me. <laughs> um, but so I have sort of this weird affection for it, well, particularly for the book. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see the musical because I haven't seen it since high school. And I read, I believe, in one of the press releases that they are also adding monologues from interviews with staff members at the theater this yes. year, which yeah. I think is really cool. As part of their 75th anniversary yeah. at City Center. I'm now realizing I've seen like scenes from this in showcases all over the place, and I have seen the name, but I've never actually seen it. Right. Yeah, I feel like I probably saw it in some showcases in high school or something and never again. Now's your chance, guys. Now's my chance. I'll go check it out. Uh, so I'm doing another outdoor show. So it's another free show. Uh, but I know, I think every summer I've done an episode of Maximum, I've talked about how much I love the classical theater of Harlem. Uh, they do their shows up in Marcus Garvey Park. And they just, they have such an eye for classical productions First off, in the way they cut them, I think they do a fantastic job cutting everything down to like 90 minutes, which is about as long as you want to sit outside in the summer. And putting concepts on shows that work in really beautiful, smart ways, and usually in ways that I haven't seen before. You know, I was just saying, I take my, my classical theater sabbatical, you know, because everyone wanted to do a, a concept, a conceptual version of thus and such, and I kind of got over it. Um, but Classical Theater of Harlem always seems to bring something in with such a light touch. I mean, their uh, Antigone last year that was sort of in the forefront or was set in sort of the Black Lives Matter movement and with uh, Trayvon and all, it was just stunning and so smart. Like every time I see a show there, I go, oh, of course that's where you set the show. And and I, it just makes total sense. Uh, so this year they are doing the Bacchae, which is also one of my favorite classical plays. Um, it's you know a new trimmed version with I'm sure a lot of dance and music. Um, and the way they sum up the show intrigues me. I, there's there's no cast list yet. I can't speak to that. Um, no preview images, nothing. But it says Dionysus, the god of wine, prophecy, religious ecstasy, and fertility, returns to his birthplace in order to clear his mother's name and punish the insolent city-state for refusing people, for refusing to allow people to worship him. And I think focusing on a god coming back to ravage the town that has wronged him is already 
an interesting take on the Bacchae if that's what you're pulling out of it. Um, so I, I mean, I just, I love everything they do. It's always so stunning. Um, if you go sometimes, um, the weekday performances, they have a jazz band beforehand. So you can like sit and chill out and watch the jazz band. Um, it's going to be July 6th through the 28th again in, uh, Marcus Garvey Park uptown. So go up there, I don't know, hit up Harlem Shake, get a burger and then go over. That's usually my preferred method. <laughs> I feel like classical theater of Harlem is the only place I will go to see classic things anymore. Yeah, well, I was realizing last night because I went and saw Shakespeare in the Park, you know, the, the Publix. And I haven't been to pu- the public Shakespeare in the Park in four years. And I've gone to Classical Theater of Harlem every single summer. Mm-hmm. So that tells you. <laughs> it's good. I also am, I'm, I can't wait to find out who the analog, like the, the, the analog of Pentheus is going to be because who gets their head ripped off? Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of great usual suspects. And actually, funny enough, some of the usual suspects from classical theater of Harlem are in much ado right now at Shakespeare in the park. Um, I recognize two of them at least. Uh, so we'll see. Stolen. Yeah. <laughs> well, they can do both. They can finish this and then hop over and do classical theater of Harlem. Oh, true. Yeah. So good for them. Keep working, man. Shakespeare in the uh, other park. That's slightly better. The uptown. Park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about pathetic, which is uh, Minor Theater's next play. Uh, Minor Theater is Julia Jarko's company. You might remember them. We talked about um, The Terrifying on this show. I believe we also talked about Grimly Handsome on this show, which won an OB. But so this is their next play at Abrams. Um, runs from June 5th to June 23rd. What they're saying is that this is a teen drama riff on Phaedra. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm in. Among the cast are um, Jordan Baum, Ken Gaynor, uh, Christine Haruna Lee, Maximum Frequent Mention. I guess Minor Theater is a company that I've always tried to see their shows. I always follow them because I like Julia Jarko's plays. They're weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Julia Jarko is a former 13P person. Mm-hmm. And so like, if you're looking for that aesthetic going forward, like this is one place to find that. And I think it's it's interesting. Abrams seems to have a relationship with that company. I don't know how Abrams programs. I have no idea. They always just do things that are like cool and weird by very small companies. And so like, keep on keeping on. <laughs> well, and things have changed over there because Jay Wegman, who used to be the artistic director, left and went to Skirball. And so I don't even know who's at Abrams now. Who's running the show? Someone tell me. I have no idea. Please call in. Uh, Craig Peterson? Good on you, Craig. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Sounds like a coach name. Coach yeah. Craig Peterson of Abrams Art Center. Um, well, I'm going to talk about another opportunity to discover new artists and new works. Um, the Ensemble Studio Theater's Marathon of One Acts. This is a series that's been happening since 1977. Um, I've never been. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, but it is, uh, you know, a place where a lot of artists uh, have premiered their new works, including David Mamet, Wendy Wasserstein, Steve Martin, uh, Leonanaka Winkler, Christopher Drang, Key Wynn, Martina Mayock. So lots of folks who have gone on to further renown. It was so nice of them to help out little Steve Martin. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, maybe that was back in 1977 when he still was super famous. Yes. <laughs> But, you know, maybe he wasn't, you know, he needed some practice yeah. and the playwriting part of it. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I'm just, you know. I'm... No, I, I love Steve Martin. I just think that was funny. I know. Um, there is, a, sorry for the, so the little, the little uh, diversion here. There is a producer who has the rights to Picasso at the La Panagiel who has been trying to get it done on Broadway for like 
20 years. Oh, it's sad. been a, it's been a long like every company has had it on their table. Every company has thought about it and uh, it's still not. It's going to it's eventually going to happen. I don't know. After 20 years, you got to give up the ghost a little bit and just like, I mean, I saw it when it played off Broadway and I remember nothing. So, you mm. know, I'm welcome to have it come back. I also remember nothing about that show. <laughs> Other than there, it has one very stalwart champion, and it's weird because he just had a play on Broadway. When when did Steve Martin's last like random play when? show? Oh, up? the one where they threw the baby. No, yeah. no, I was thinking the the this guy one. The, the comic, Amy Schumer was in yeah, it. Yeah, the Amy yeah. Schumer, Laura Benanti. Oh, that was Steve Martin. Jeremy Sheamus. Yes, yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, I mean, it's not like he's, like, allergic to Broadway and isn't, you know, active and stuff. But he could if he wanted to. Right. Right. I guess is the point. (laughs) Um, He could make it happen. Uh, So, okay. So, (laughs) Ensemble Studio Theater, Marathon of One Acts, 37th Annual, or Biennial. I don't know. Sorry. Um, uh, There are three series of uh, plays, each having five um, one acts. So I think by this time this airs, you will have missed Series A. Sorry, Series A. Um, But Series B runs from May 28th to June 24th, and Series C runs from June 9th to the 29th. Um, And frankly, there aren't a lot of playwrights in here that I recognize, which is kind of the whole point of this uh, program. so, you know, an opportunity to discover new works, uh, a chance to see a bunch of one acts. Um, and if you don't like one, another comes along quickly thereafter. So uh, I don't know. I just like the idea of being able to do a little bit of a sampler. And um, I, I find it sometimes really challenging to still kind of keep my finger on the pulse of new writers and new works out there and just new voices. And this is, you know, an opportunity to do that. Well, you know, I realize that I said I am staying away from classical theater and all three shows I've picked are riffs on classical plays. Uh, so I don't know what's Liar. wrong with me. I'm garbage. Um, well, we were trying to sort of do an outdoor theater show. Yeah. But I mean, the two things, everything I've talked about are things I mentioned, but this is an indoor. This is an indoor kids show uh, that's coming up. It is Moscow, 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 Moscow. Uh, Hallie Pfeiffer's Trip Coleman, you know. Um, at MCC. So it is, of course, a riff on Three Sisters. You know, I, I've heard about this. I feel like I've heard uh, sort of regional theater grumblings about this for a while. I've been interested. I know they, they didn't they do it at Williamstown? Or yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I like Hallie Pfeiffer. I like the way that she writes. Um, Pain of My Belligerence, I had some questions about but I still like her writing style a lot uh so I am intrigued and then they just announced the cast and Nicole's gonna roll her eyes not that person um but I really like the cast that they've got they've got Aka they've got Stephen Boyer don't really care about Tabby um but Rebecca Henderson who I love um Matthew Jeffers is in it uh Chris Perfetti is playing Masha question mark intriguing <laughs> um yep that was the face that i made too um it, it's just it's a really greg hildreth is in it like there's a lot yeah there's like so many cool solid actors in this show 
um, that, that the I, presence of Tavi Gaffigan yeah, doesn't that ruin I'm like, it well, that's everybody. okay. She's, I mean, she's Arena, and Arena's a whiny character anyway. Like Arena's like the least exciting person in Three Sisters. I mean, for the people who don't follow closely on my Twitter, I'm a huge not fan of Tavi Gevinson's theater, quote unquote, acting. I know. I don't understand why the theater community uh, keeps telling me I should like her. Um, they keep pushing her on me. Um, by putting her in shows but anyway but so they're gonna make you like her. they're gonna it is she's gonna be like a, one of those people that just shows up like Rita Ora you're like why are you here um there's a joke that like no one's gonna understand that's okay um how about Nathan Lane or Nathan Lane they're gonna make you like Nathan Lane um and Tavi Gevinson when she is Nathan Lane's age will have a bio as long as his which is three pages long yeah, in any playbill I know. Just just do the do the cool A list thing and just cut your bio down to like three sentences and be like, you know what you know me from. <laughs> um, so yeah, so this cast intrigues me. This Chris Perfetti as Masha question mark intrigues me. Is that the actual casting name, Masha question oh, no, mark? That's, that's, that's me you. editorializing. Okay, okay. Sorry. Just, just curious. It's not like the marquee like has the like and Chris Perfetti as Masha. <laughs> <laughs> that's just my that's my takeaway on this. Um so yeah, it's just I really like the cast. I like uh, Ali a lot. I like her work. And so I am intrigued. Willing to go indoors for that one. I am willing to go indoors. You know, it is also June 26th through August 3rd. So it's hot. I'll just, it'll be an indoor, an indoor show or a rainy day show. Oh, and they have a new theater. Oh, yeah. That's at the, uh, the, the Robert Wilson I haven't been there yet. But not that Robert Wilson. A different Robert Wilson. Robert w- I know. I thought it was that Robert Wilson, but it's not. It's Robert W. Wilson. We don't know what Robert W. Wilson has done in his life, but he's definitely well, given enough money to name a he's theater got, after Yeah, he's got a lot of money, uh, but not that Robert Thank Wilson. you, Robert W. Wilson. Robert w- Wilson. W- Wilson. <laughs> I want to talk about one more thing, um, which is uh, not theater, <laughs> I think. What? Um, so it's at the Park Avenue Armory, which is a space that I have reservations about uh, my, my opinion of the park avenue armory and i'm about to make fun of a show i didn't see is <laughs> that the type of show they do there uh, particularly when they do theater is let's get some real wealthy out of touch european theater artists to put together a production of a classic play by i don't know eugene o'neill where it's the same except for everyone flails around weirdly and they have like a million dollar set that's just cubes that is I thought you were talking about Brana for a second I'm I'm (laughs) talking about every show they do that's theater (laughs) they they always I read the description and I've fallen asleep because it's like oh this would be really interesting if it were the 1960s this would be really edgy if it were still 50 years ago I mean physically they have a space that is hard to program in the sense that it is a massive drill hall it's such a cool so you have to build a theater within the drill hall to essentially perform something yes it's a Super Bowl black box, essentially. Yeah. It's just and insane. The things I've seen there that I've loved. So I loved, um, Ai Weiwei did um, an exhibition there a couple mm, years yeah. ago where it was basically, it was completely dark. They had projectors projecting a live feed of you taken by drones uh, under you. It was a nuts. And then they did like facial recognition and showed you a bunch of pictures that they took of you, um, which is real creepy and real cool. And this that I'm going to talk about now, um, it's called Drill which takes place in the, quote, Wade Thompson Drill Hall, which used to be a drill hall, is going to do sort of a similar thing, I think, because it's by, I'm going to butcher this name, but it's Hito Steyerl, um, who's a German filmmaker and cultural critic, not my words, 
what a way to describe someone. <laughs> but it's, it seems to me from the description that it's going to be, I'm just going to read it. Sarah utilizes both the Wade Thompson drill hall and historic interiors of the building in mounting both pre-existing works as well as new projects commissioned by the Armory and her ongoing illumination of the world's power structures, inequalities, obscurities, and delights. When viewed collectively, this material allows the viewer to zoom in on and out from some of the most complex and pressing issues of our time. It sounds like it's going to be referencing the fact that it's in a former armory (laughs) and dragging it to hell, which I think is great because what better way to consecrate a space? I mean, it's not, it's been a performance space for a little while now, but what what a better way than to completely and totally indict its history. Yeah. I mean, I think when you do site specific, you know, non-traditional theater space like that, you have to acknowledge the space you're in. You know, the, the ones that I hate the most are the ones that choose these really interesting locations and then just make them into a black box theater. It, you're not then why bother why bother doing it in a non-traditional space um but i think it has to have a it it has a shadow over your production so you might as well work with it instead of against it yeah you know so that's very cool so it runs from june 20th to july 21st and tickets are 20 bucks nice cool okay i'm gonna talk about a Summer Arts Festival that is free. Uh, the River to River Festival in downtown Manhattan runs from June 18th to the 29th. Um, this is a festival where I've seen some really interesting installation works in the past. Uh, it runs the gamut of performance and installation. I think there's sometimes film, stuff like that. So it, it can be a lot of different things. But the focus is on really non-traditional spaces and using non-traditional spaces for art. Um, and it's free, so that's great. Um, but the piece that stuck out to me was um, uh, Nick Kay's work that is going to be performed there this summer. I heard Nick Cage first nick k k a y and i see nick k k a y nicholas coppola the actor no <laughs> um uh, nick k is a performance artist dancer movement specialist i'm not sure how best to describe them um i saw their work at american realness two years ago i think called little black um little blk and it was an incredibly powerful um, kind of conversation with um, trans identity and black trans identity and the way in which their body moves through space and is looked at and is judged and both in sort of black context, cultural context, um, as well as by white audiences. So I think Nick Kay's work is just really fascinating. And this piece is called Push It! Exclamation point, exclamation point. Um, It's a site responsive performance um, that is going to both use public and private space. And the idea is it's a meditation on emotional labor and the impossibility of the stage as a place of freedom for the black performer, which I think is a really, really interesting and exciting conversation. and it's, I guess, part of a larger series of works that they're working on called Getting Well Soon, which is kind of looking at the idea of recovery. Um, so I don't know. It's on June 20th at 7 p.m. somewhere in Tribeca, TBD, TBA. Oh, I was going to ask what site it was responding to, but we don't know yet. Right. So somewhere downtown, it will be responding to that space. Cool. 
Neat. I, I have that song stuck in my head now. Which song? Push, Push it. it. <laughs> and I was thinking Nick Caves. So. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what we've got, guys. It feels good. It feels good to be back. How are you doing? We should doing we okay? should we should address how we're back. Yeah. We we're planning on being back with the episodes every other week. We've got forever. We've got some previews. <laughs> we've got some reviews. We've got some interviews. Uh, all sorts of fun things. Our that, next one should be uh, Jose is uh, interviewing someone, which is going to be yes, exciting. Yes, Jose is back uh, in two weeks. So, uh, yeah, please subscribe, resubscribe, uh, tell all your friends we're back. And a little teaser: we also have an idea that we might do a few story type episodes. Sort of if you if you've listened to those those things called podcasts where they do uh, journalistic style, audio rich explorations of a topic, we might do one or two of those. We'll I don't even know what you mean by that, but I'm fascinated. <laughs> Look, we got to take it one step at a time. We start in our comfort zone and then we just take baby steps outward. This Maximu life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Maximu Theater and Performance Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or opinions that are different from our own, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter at Maximu. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And we have merch. You can buy coffee mugs, tote bags, and stickers with your favorite Maximu-isms. You can go to the store via Maximu.com. All proceeds go to helping the podcast improve our sound quality. Thank you.